0: Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday morning podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at So, Before I um, dismiss the children, uh, just, I just want to say a word. Uh, about 15 years ago, when, uh, you know, we're planning a trip to Israel this uh, spring, uh, quite a few of us are and If you're interested, there are still a few spots left, let's see me. About 15 years ago, we uh, traveled to Israel uh, together, many of us from church. And we, uh, one of the places we, we went to Greece as well. And we took a cruise, short cruise to the islands, of the islands. And one of the places we went was the island of Rhodes. And many of you know, of course, that's the island that my father uh, the Jewish community which he came from. And one of the places we went there, uh, we went to the synagogue that's been restored. And out in front of the synagogue is a plaque. And on that plaque are the names of families uh, that disappeared at Auschwitz. And of course, this was, it was important for us to see our family name, Shemaria, uh, on that plaque as uh, many of my father's relatives, his mother, uh, disappeared uh, in the Holocaust. Uh, it just reminded me of this Friday we celebrated Veterans Day. And I often think um, of uh, young men and women, especially, who many gave their lives on foreign shores. And I wonder the last thoughts to die on some obscure island in the Pacific, to die someplace in Europe, uh, in the desert, away from home, um, uh, defending others and also preserving uh, our nation, that we have a right to vote, as we did this week, uh, express our opinions, have different opinions, and uh, we have that right, and it's a freedom that we have. And I think it would be appropriate today. I want to do something. I want to ask, before I ask the veterans to stand, I'm not so much interested, because I don't think they are, in a standing applause and everything, but more of respect and reverence. I would like to have those veterans who are here today to stand and leave this quietly, Um, Just to have a word of prayer and give thanks to God today. But I do want to thank you for your service. But let's do it in a quiet way today. So could you stand if you're a veteran today? Would you please stand? Thank you so much. And um, uh, let's just have a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, uh, these uh, individuals here represent many um, uh, who have uh, countless, really, a father who have uh, served their country. Many have served overseas. Many have served here, stateside. And the uh, Lord, uh, we thank you that, uh, as Christians, that we are not a warring people, uh, but we are a people who do understand uh, that there are times that uh, others must be protected, and that um, there are uh, reasons to to uh, to take that stand. And uh, we know that much sacrifice is given by many, and many here, Lord, have lost of friends and relatives, uh, loved ones, neighbors. Many of their lives have just been tremendously uh, changed from those experiences. But we just, uh, today, we just want to pause with these uh, brothers and sisters here, Lord, today and give you thanks that we do live in a free land. Uh, We are so thankful for the right and privilege of, of casting votes, of having our opinions, of participating in democracy, and that, Lord, we will participate in a transfer of uh, power in our government, both local and state and national, um, in a way that is our tradition, and in a way, Father, that is is part of a free people. So I thank you today. I thank you for these who have served. And we uh, just give these next few minutes of worship time to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. maybe may be seated. We do appreciate and thank you so much back about, oh, maybe 45 years ago or so when Teresa and I were dating. And um, one of the dates we went on was to the Uptown Theater in Seattle, Queen Anne area. And we went to see a movie that actually came out in the fall of 71. And um, so we must have gone in 72 because Teresa dumped me in the fall of 71. (laughs) And uh, we got back together just before I left for college and uh, came back. And uh, Anyway, so you know the rest of the story, okay? <laughs> and we went to the Uptown Theater and we went and saw a movie. I think your parents were with the soup, if I'm not mistaken. We went and saw a movie, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if you're from my generation or later or earlier, whatever, uh, there's a good chance, I think, of all the times I have seen Fiddler on the Roof. Um, we saw it in the movie theater. We bought the VHS back when they were like 50 bucks or something, you know, right? Uh, then we bought the DVD. I've seen it. I have had the soundtrack. I listened to it. And I've seen it live. The last time, I think, was a couple years ago. I saw it twice in one year. One was at uh, King's High School when Casey Kemper was in uh, the play and then over at the Leavenworth at the uh, theater outside there, uh, we saw that as well. Lots of you, probably like me, could, if we were to have a sing-along, you know the handles sing-alongs, you know, where you sing along with the, the show? Uh, you might be able to, to sing along with me some of the songs from *A Fiddler on the Roof. And there's one particular song that is the scene where Tevye and Golda's second daughter has announced that her fiancé, that they are going to get married, right? So it's the second time one of his children have broken all the customs and the rules of arranged marriages and the parents making decisions, and they have decided that they are going to get married and that they love one another. And Tevye, of course, has to break the news to his wife, you know, and so on. After all that happens, there's the scene in their house there where uh, Tevye says to Goldie, do you love me? Right? And some of you probably know her response. I'll sing and you sing the response. Do you love me? Do I what? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> do I what? <laughs> and he says again, do you love me? And she says, do I love you? And then she goes on to talk about our daughters getting married. There's trouble in the town. You're upset. You're worn out. Go inside. Go lie down. Golda, I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? You're a fool, I know. But do you love me? And she responds, do I love you? Do I love you? This morning, our topic is love. Because we're coming to the last lesson from the life of of Moses. Next week will be uh, communion. We're going to share communion together. And we will have, uh, apart from the story of the of the, of the uh, Torah, uh, well connected with that. But as we come to the end of the life of Moses that we've been studying together, and Deuteronomy, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the five books of Moses, the Torah, and we come to the last of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the second reading of the law. It is. Moses gathered his people together. He cannot go in the promised land. He's about to die. He gathers them together and he presents the covenant to them once again for them to, to agree to, to, to participate in, in the law. And he, and we go to the very end, toward the very end of Deuteronomy. He begins to wrap up what, what God wants from them. What, what they need to do as part of this covenant, as part of this barith, this agreement that they have. In Deuteronomy chapter 30. And he says this to them. Verse 10. And this is right toward the end of his life now. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commandments and decrees that are written in the book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And he is summarizing what actually is, 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 as I've looked through this and thought about this this week, and kind of tracked some of this down, he's really summarizing really the, the, the heart and soul of this message to Israel. And he goes on to say in verse 11, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you, or it's not beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven, so you have to ask, who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim to us that we may obey it? Nor does it beyond the sea. So you have to ask, who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us that we may obey it? No. The word is very near you. It is in your mouth, in your heart, so you may obey it. I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep his demand, commands, decrees, and laws, that you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. And he goes on to say, but if your heart turns away, beware. This is what's going to happen. Love God. As he summarizes, and this is an interesting passage, because he says, don't say you can't do this. Don't say it's out there in heaven and we can't... No, it's it's near you. It's close to you. It's in your heart. Yes, you can do this. Uh, Sometimes people ask, you know, was it possible to keep... Was it possible to keep the Mosaic Law? My answer is, yes. Was it possible to not sin? No. But remember, a significant portion of the Mosaic Law is coming in faith to God with the appropriate sacrifice to receive forgiveness for sins. Looking forward, of course, to the cross of Christ. This is why it is said of of John the Baptist's parents that they were blameless and holy in all ways. It doesn't say they weren't sinners. But they brought the appropriate sacrifices in faith. Moses says this is not that hard. You can do this if you're willing to. And the key is love God now what I, I, I've been thinking about this this week and I'm going to leave you really this morning more with a question maybe than answers but we want to explore this a little bit how does a person love God you know Tevye and Gold, and Goldig, you see the discussion do you love me what are you talking about how do, how do I love you but do you love me do you love God How would the children of Israel to love, how do you love God? How would you describe that? How would you define it? How do you, how do I love God? God. We're talking about God here. God who is so far beyond our comprehension, but reached down through Jesus Christ and he became the image of the invisible God. How do you love God? What if your children came to you? Those of you parents who have children there saying this morning I went out to and they just said to you you know how, how, how do I love God? How do I love God? Is it a feeling? Is it an emotion? Is it something you do? How do you love God? How do you? How do I love God? Let's just take a quick trip through Deuteronomy. And I, and I, I want to show you how this is this is the significant story here. Go back to chapter 6. We're just going to look at some passages real quick. We're just going to flip through them real fast to take us through here. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you to see the, how important this is. Deuteronomy chapter 6, one of the passages that I've uh, used a lot over the years in our ministry, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Again, so Moses is preparing the people. This is the beginning of this last presentation of the law. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that I give you so that you may enjoy long life. And then we have the next verse is what's called the Shema. This is this is the you know we we use the word like you know, the benediction the Lord's prayer this is Shema every Jew would know you're referring to Deuteronomy chapter six verse three because the word for Shema hear Shema and this is the Shema hear O Israel and be careful to obey so it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord of God your father's promised you hear O Israel the Lord the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is the cardinal doctrine in Judaism, the Shema. The Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and you are to love the Lord your God. And you can dissect these terms to what is heart, what is soul, what is strength? You can dissect them and they have different meanings, but they also present one idea. Be a little careful with the languages. so you don't get too you get the picture. It's with your entire being, right? That's the idea. With your entire being. Love God. Hear, O Israel, love God. Chapter ten and verse twelve. Chapter ten, verse twelve. And now, O Israel. What does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, to observe the Lord's commands, decrees I'm giving you today for your own good. And I just, I want you to see this lest we think that it was all about mechanically keeping the Mosaic law. Love the Lord your God along with keeping and serving the Lord your your God. Chapter 11, verse 1. Love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, decrees, laws, and commands always. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, His majesty, His mighty hand, His outstretched arm, the signs He performed, the things He did in the heart of Egypt, both the Pharaoh king of Egypt and to his whole country. You're, you're the ones who saw this. And remember, you have to pass this story on. This is so important to, to, to pass this tradition on. You know, we, Earlier in chapter 6, we would read also that you are to teach your children these things as you walk in the way, as you lie down. You are to write them on your hands and write them on your foreheads, what we call the Teflon in Judaism, the little boxes that you'll see attached to the forehead and attached to the hand with little writings of Scripture put in those boxes. The idea is every time you move your hand, you see the Word of God. Every time you look, something's stuck on your forehead. You see God's Word, how they took it literally and performed this. This is the, this is the command of God. Love God. Love Him. And do these things He asks of you. Chapter 11 and verse 13. If you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will do the following. But we will also find, if you don't, I will also do the following. Basically, it comes down to, you will lose the land if you don't. And they didn't, and they did lose the land. And it was the most cataclysmic event in Jewish history when they were deported from the land to Babylon. And we went by the, we sat by the rivers of Babylon and what? We sat down and wept. And, and, and they said to us, play your songs from your homeland. And they said, how, how can we do that? Because it's, it's sunk in. Because they didn't, and he did. Verse 22 of the same chapter. If you carefully observe all these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all of his ways, and to hold fast to them. Chapter 19, Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 9. Because you carefully follow all these laws, I command you today to love the Lord your God and to walk in His ways. Chapter 30, the last section we'll look at here in Deuteronomy, chapter 30 and verse 6. Lord, your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. God Himself will do this. God will do this for you so you can love Him. And in verse 20 of the same, of the same chapter, Verse 19, really, this day I call heaven and earth as witness against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life, so you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him, for the Lord is your life. Love the Lord your God. This is the theme, I'm reading through this again, this seems to be the theme of Deuteronomy. Love God and follow Him and do what He says to do. This is what God has asked of you. And so as Joshua, who then picks up the mantle, takes the children of Israel into the land, leads them, comes to the end of his life as well. And Joshua reminds the people this, be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that the Moses, the servant of the Lord gave you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all of His ways and to obey His commands. And then finally, the last verse we'll look at from here in the last chapter 23 in verse 11 of Joshua. One of you, uh, So be very careful. Be very careful to love the Lord your God. Love God. How is Israel to love God? If God said to them, do you love me? What's the response? Well, of course... If God said to you, "Do you love me?" Well, of course, God, I love you. You know, no, but do you love me, Israel? Love God. And so we know in the Gospels, Gospel of Matthew, life of our Lord Jesus Christ, as He was teaching, and as we know, He had many encounters with the Pharisees and Sadducees, or scholars. When when some of the translations call them lawyers, is because they were specialists in the Mosaic Law they were scholars the pharisees if you look at jewish history pharisaism is not necessarily seen in a negative light it's actually seen as a very really positive development as they were the people's leaders if you will but there was an overzealousness for the keeping of the law that we look at we look at the old testament how it ends where they are dispersed because really of idolatry and they lose the land and we open up the new testament and we almost have a new idol And and the new idol is this meticulous adherence to legalistic traditions of the law. And and one day in Matthew chapter 22, and in verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, which, of course, the Sadducees and Pharisees didn't go along with each other, the Pharisees got together. and, And I think they sent somebody with the question. One of them, an expert, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And this was no surprise to them, or to Jesus, because they were very familiar with the Mosaic law. They knew the book of Deuteronomy very well. And Jesus said exactly what I think they probably expected. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, now you notice in the passages I read in Deuteronomy, it didn't necessarily put one in two. But the Lord Jesus Christ reminds them, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets, prophets being the rest of the writings, all the prophets and the law hang on these two commandments. There's a tradition in Judaism that Hillel, the the great rabbi of the last great tradition of the Pharisees, Hillel, Gamaliel, Saul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. There's a tradition in Judaism to this day that Hailil was asked this very same question. He predated Jesus, but not by much generation, and uh, and he was and it was asked him, uh, Rabbi, what what is the what is the summary of the law? If you if you could summarize the law while standing on one foot, now, I'm older you now than I used to be, so I wouldn't be able to do this very long, right? I and mean, these kids here could do this for a long time. Okay, the idea is you don't have very much time, and his response was basically. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, your neighbor as yourself, the rest is all commentary. This is not a new tradition. This is an old tradition. It's the very heart and soul of God's relationship with Israel. The rabbis taught this. Jesus affirmed it. What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all you and think about this. What does this mean to you and to me? with all of my heart with all my soul with all of my mind and with all of my strength and then to love my neighbor as myself how do you do that how do you love god how have you loved god this week how have i loved god this week today Yesterday, how do we love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength? And then to love our neighbor as ourselves? Um, I don't know the answer. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm asking you to think about it and, and asking you to take a question home with you today. I can give you a, a couple of suggestions. Romans chapter eight, which is a, which is a, a powerful book, one of the most powerful books in the Bible, of course. Romans is the book of, of deep, deep theology. You know, chapters nine to eleven are, are so deep. The first part of, of Adam sinning, being the, even though Eve sinned first, but Adam sinned and was held responsible. For sin coming into the world, how how is that possible? to sin and human nature passed on to everybody? How uh, Christ became the new Adam? I mean, we have all this deep doctrine in the book of Romans. In the heart of it is a, is a passage that is so practical and 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 so loved and oftentimes so well known. In Romans chapter eight, the apostle simply simply says this. And we know, love God with all your mind. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who what? Love Him. It's an, it's an assumption. And you can ask the question, well, if you don't love God, then do all things not. It, you know, it's an assumption that if you were in a relationship with God, that you love God. And Paul says, we know that all things work together. And, and this is, a, this is a, a beautiful verse, a deep verse. It's a challenging verse. And yes, you know there are times where you hesitate when someone is going through trauma. And, and to just simply leave them with this, all things work together for good to those who love God. But to leave them with this, in, in the right spirit, in the right way, that is not like, well, don't it, it's nothing, God. But it's deep. You know, these songs we sang this morning. There's some deep theology in these songs that you guys share with us today. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. All things work together for good to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. But notice he starts by saying, we know. How did Paul know this? How did he assume that the people in Rome knew this? He'd never met them. Paul has not been to Rome. He writes this powerful epistle to them and he's dying to get there. He wants to get there and he does eventually. And he tells them that. How does he know that they know that all things work together for those who love God. How does he know they love God? I want to suggest to you, there, there is this point of loving God, which does have to do with what we are doing right now. What we did this morning. What somebody will be doing this week in Bible study fellowship. Which you'll be doing in your small groups. What we do in Sunday school. What we do on Wednesday nights. What we do in small groups of meeting our communities, as, as we will this week. When we gather around God's Word, one of the benefits and what we are doing by, by understanding and knowing what the, why the Word says is part of our loving God. Because the more we know of God, the more you get to know a person. You know, I say, Teresa and I started dating in 1970, actually. and We got married when she was 19 and I was 21. But you understand, young people, in those days we were so much more mature than you are today. <laughs> I can't imagine an idea. <laughs> but we did. And uh four kids and twelve grandchildren later, here we are. And um, but we got to know each other. We dated, we wrote letters when I was back at college. She came back to college. We got to know each other. How do you get to know God? Friends, we get to know God through his word and through sharing together. In his word. Look at what he says here at the end of this. This, this is, this is, look at this, verse 37. I mean, there's nothing that, nothing I can say to introduce it. Just look at it, verse 37. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now look, look at this. For I am convinced, Paul says, I am convinced that neither death, death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, the present, the future, any powers, height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that worth knowing? There's a reason why we teach eternal security at our church. I'm not sure how else you read that. There's nothing. Nothing. I mean, there's nothing in my humanity, in my, in my, who I am that doesn't deserve God's love and forgiveness and grace and salvation and mercy and kindness and blessing. There's, there's nothing in me. Nothing. Romans makes that clear. But there is nothing that can separate me for all eternity from God's love. We love Him because He first loved us. So I want to suggest to you, friends, we love God by knowing His Word and by spending time in it. And I want to tell you, I know you think, why are you a pastor? He said, no. I think I can speak for most pastors I know. It can be just as much a challenge for us. You know, I get paid to study the Bible during the week, right? To prepare sermons and stuff. But when it comes time for me to just meditate and stop, I mean, I'll be, you know, I've confessed this before. I could read four newspapers a day if they were put in front of me. But I just love to do that. Do I spend time in God's Word, in thinking about God, do I love Him? I believe when, when Jesus said, echoing the Old Testament, to love God with all your heart, your soul, your soul, your deepest being, along with your mind. I think it's what we do when we gather to worship. And and there is a good emphasis today, and I think it's it's good and it's beautiful that we don't we don't we don't call what we just did the worship. This whole service is worship. But when we sing songs together and we reflect on those words, um, these people that come up and lead here—they're not entertaining. They're not entertainers. They are worship leaders. Because we are to engage our hearts. And it's a good, friends, it's good for us to be here today. God bless you for coming. There are many places you could be today. And I, and I, and I tell you when I go visit people that cannot be here because of health and physical, it's one of the things they tell me, oh, I wish I could just come and, and be there. Because it's, it's good for us to take time. It's a good habit. We come out of habit, God bless you. It's a good habit to come and spend time worshiping together because we are expressing to God. Our heart to Him. That we love Him. And we are thankful to Him. And in our soul, the Hebrew author said, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Hebrews chapter 12. The depths of my soul And probably when you are shaken, as we say, to the depths of your soul. If you look back over your life, when are the times that threw you on God? When are the times that threw you on God? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? When you really weren't planning on it, And your life was going on and all of a sudden it started to unravel in different ways not your fault. could be any number of reasons. And you find yourself as Romans chapter 8 maybe in the position where he says we don't even know how to pray as we are. I don't even know what to say God. But we join in the Old Testament tradition of Moses (laughs) of laying our heart before God in all honesty and Abraham and the Apostles And allow the Holy Spirit to pray for us. It's when you're shook to the depths of your soul that you probably know and experience what this means. To love God with all your soul. Even though you don't like what He's doing. And even though maybe you told Him that. That's okay. He didn't surprise Him. (laughs) All things are working together for His good. And his good is my good. With your heart. With your soul. With your mind. And with your strength. Golda. Goldie. Do you love me? And as they come toward the end of this conversation, he says, I'm your wife. I know. But do you love me? And finally, Goldie says, Do I love him? Do I love him? For 25 years, I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. Debbie goes, Shh. <laughs> Don't talk about that. If, that. if that's not love, what is? And he says, Then you love me. And her response is What? I suppose I do. And I suppose I love you too. <laughs> it doesn't change a thing. But even so, after 25 years, come on, say it with me. After 25 years, it's nice to... Where you been, Derek? You didn't watch this? What's the matter? Come on now, get with it, man. It's nice to... No. Do I love you? You know what it came down to. Boy, well, yeah, we love each other. And what? How was it fleshed out? It was fleshed out. We have served. We we've, we've served each other. We've been with each other. We've lived together. We've. And, and it came to the Lord another time. This comes up again. And a a young man said, Lord, a Pharisee, what what is the greatest commandment? And the Lord said, love the Lord your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. But a second question came up. And the second question was, aha, but who is my neighbor? And the Lord then launches into one of the most famous parables of Good Samaritan. The least likely person. Please remember that, friends. The least likely person that you think is your neighbor. is your neighbor. How do you love God with all your strength? You do it. How do I love God? I live it. And I don't do it very well. I understand that. But the passage I share with, with young people and older when we, when we counsel, when it, come, when it come, really comes down to it, if you build your life on this, I, there's nothing else. You can't go wrong. And, it, and it's simply this. In Ephesians chapter 4 at the very end and chapter 5 at the beginning. This is not just feelings. But it is feelings. But it's not just feelings. Be kind. And compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ, as in Christ God forgave you. Here, here's here's our here's the command to me. If I'm if I'm going to truly tell tell you and tell myself, yes, I love God. God, do you Jim? Do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. As God came and served you and me. Friends, that is why in Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God with your whole being and keep His commandments. And this is why. In First John, John says, don't say you love God if you hate a brother. Don't say that. Don't come and tell me, John says, that you, you, you hate your brother. A brother in the Lord even. If you, if you hate your brother, don't come and don't say you, you love God. Because if you love God, you would love your brother and sister. That's how it works. Do you love me? We love Him because He first loved us. Walk in love. And so I ask you, as I ask myself today, I'm just leaving you with the question. I I don't have all the answers. I've had a few suggestions. But I ask myself, do I love God? Do I really love God? Does my life, my time, my thoughts, my tongue, my deeds, my heart, does it fit with saying, I love God. And I, I, I know there are times in my life, even as pastor, I mean, we're, we're humans, that, you know, do you love me? I love you. And go on. But sometimes we need to stop. And I need to stop. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? It's amazing. You sing songs over and over again, and sometimes the words, the mount of His redeeming love we are fixed upon. We leave this place today. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our neighbors, our friends, our children and grandchildren, when they think of us, will think of people who really do love God and love their neighbor as themselves. Heavenly Father, we just pause today as a humble people, sinful people, sometimes a selfish people, a serving people, A loving people, a family and friends. We just come before you today and just in our humanity and who we are and who we are in your sight. We are members of the body of Christ. We have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. We are in your grasp and you will never let us go. God, we thank you today that we And even talk about the privilege of loving you. May our hearts today love you. May our feet and hands and mouths love you. And may we be people who are trophies of your grace and love. We love you. We do love you today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.